Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Possibly Wrong. I'm Krishna Anshu, your host. And today with me, I have a very special friend of mine. He's he's a college mate, but he's more than that. He's just a curious guy like me who is interested in finding what's possibly wrong with ourselves and our culture. And so today we are going to discuss about history. Oh, sorry. Let me introduce him. Okay, so I am with Siddharth Shekhar. Siddharth, sorry for not introducing, not taking your name. It's okay. Nobody really takes me seriously anyways. Yeah, that's why we are doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go on. Yeah, so today we are just going to find out what's possibly wrong with our history and the way it has been taught in schools, in media, it has been the way it has been portrayed what kind of movies have been made on it. So uh, when we are talking about history, powerful kings, one name that goes synonymous with the Indian uh, conquerors or powerful kings is Ashoka. Ashoka the Great, as they say. But as we have researched, we know it's not exactly Ashoka the Great. It's more of Ashoka the Terrible, right? Yeah. So uh, I think you can just start by shedding lights on the facts of Ashoka's life in the early days. Like how he got into power and all that. Okay. So what have we been taught about Ashoka since our school life and all? Uh, so we have been taught that Ashoka mm-hmm. was a very... Glo- Ashoka has been glorified as a... Yeah, he very was glorified as a of- conqueror and some kind of a very powerful king who was hungry for conquest yes. and expansion. And then mm. he became a pacifist and a Buddhist after the Kalinga war, which is generally yeah. not, not the exact yeah. case as we and, come to later. And, and his reign is also known to be the most prosperous phase of India and everything yeah. was like Sone Kichidia kind yeah, of if, thing. If, I, if I'm not uh, wrong, he, his empire lasted from Afghanistan in the west to almost like Bangladesh in the east and almost Sri Lanka in the south to parts of China yes. and Tibet in the northeast. Am I yes. right? Yes. So, and he has been like, he won many battles and inscriptions. All these evidences that we found are mm. from, are derived from inscriptions and rock edicts. Yeah, found, found in many places. A series of in particular region. rock edicts that were actually mistranslated. Yes. Yes. And also, Informaries like Ashok Vandana, Devias Vandana, all these Devas Vandava, and all these written by travelers who came in his reign. Yeah, it is uh, one one of the fact about Ashoka, which is kind of like disturbing, is that even when he's uh, today portrayed as a great king and a conqueror, there were not so many mentions of him in the history. Like like until. Uh, 200 or 300 BC, there were very few accounts written about him. Uh, sorry, 280. Very few accounts were written about him. Ashoka ruled from 262 BC to 232 BC, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, so yes. uh, it is shocking to know that if a king that was so great in conquest and had a prosperous time during his reign, why were there so little accounts about him? And whatever accounts that were there probably uh, pointed the other way. Yes, they were mostly like uh, like just airbrushing some kinds of uh, facts yeah. about him. You know, it is also said that uh, during the time of Nehruvian government, his reign was probably more glorified than ever. And uh, the facts were twisted and placed in front of people. Uh, that's why we adopted a lot of things from Ashoka, like the national emblem, uh, the Ashoka Chakra on the flag. 
a lot of these things were op- uh, like it symbolizes power and conquest that's what yes, we have many of his principles right? also applied in the forming government yeah yeah exactly so uh, coming to early life of ashoka as we know he was not the exact rightful heir of the kingdom he was great uh, he was a grandson of chandragupta maurya son of bindusar and uh, we know that he he killed almost all his step brothers to rise to power isn't that yes. right uh, yes in many wars that lasted for almost 6 years he killed all the rightful highest to the throne also uh, also i have been reading uh, some uh, facts about him like uh, uh, charles allen who was a prominent author who has studied much of history about ashoka and the hand and he had uh, translated the rock edicts quite precisely he said that sushima the brother of ashoka which was exactly the rightful heir to the throne which was uh, bindusar's real son not the step son he was actually not preferred by the ministers actually the court ministers also helped ashoka rise to the power yeah maybe true yeah so uh, so like ashoka had killed uh, he got his uh, almost all his brothers killed and then he uh, got to the throne and he, even at that time during the, almost the first 6 7 years of his reign he was uh, quite uh, stringent towards other religions he was not a kind of person who believed in religious harmony he uh, he was the prominent patronage of the brahmins in the court yeah actually his family like uh, chandragupta maurya he belonged to the jain race and then bindusar and his actually bindusar's wife was an ajivika mm. so bindusar also adopted ajivika so after that when uh, actually Ashoka once saw yeah. a man I'm forgot I'm forgetting his name so once that man was crossing the uh, near the palace so he Okay Nigrod you are talking about the convergence story Nigrod the monk Yes Nigrod yes. yes so Nigrod he called him inside and he asked him he talked to him about what are the yeah, practices that... that they follow Yeah exactly yes. he he actually mocked Nigrod for the attire he was wearing and the way he he uh, his attitude was towards life so Nigrod actually gave him some quite knowledge about Buddhism and that's why uh, it is said that Nigrod was the actual reason why Ashoka adopted Buddhism but that too he didn't uh, actually i think that he didn't understand the principles he was more like a modi fan yes <laughs> yeah he was he was kind of, he was kind of a bhakt he 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 tried to uh, you know impose forcefully the buddhist rites and buddhist culture even during his reign most of hindu ceremonies or let's not talk about other religions at that time because they were quite less in terms of population at that that time in mostly hinduism yes. and the, their ceremonies was quite banned and uh, there was stringent rule against uh, the people who performed uh, ceremonies like that yes there are evidences for that so uh, so like focusing on early life uh, of ashoka again he had some names called out to him like he was referred to as kamashok and chandashok because of the chandashok yeah because of the personality he possessed and the uh, types of uh, he the work he did like he was called chandashok because he almost slayed all his step brothers and uh, this one story about him that he was called kamashok because he had this number might be exaggerated because he had 500 plus women in his harem that, that's a yeah. lot 500 women and he, he also like, there's a there's a story that goes around this like uh, he he got them killed 
all of them he got them killed because they uh, they tried to poison the uh, his favorite tree in the garden which was eventually named after him the ashoka tree they tried to poison the tree on orders of his third wife titya raksha titya rakshita yes titya rakshita yeah they tried they tried to poison the tree and when ashoka got to know it was them he got all of them like killed or burned that that's quite cruel on anyone's part that yeah. that incident that, is that quite and be like that can be used as a reference for ashoka the great yeah like also, that uh, that doesn't come into our mind when we talk about ashoka the great also like uh, talking about the major e- event in his life which is which is on ba- basis of which most stories about him are focused the kalinga war uh, now yes. the the legend that goes around this is that he saw the carnage he caused in the kaling war and he converted to buddhism but evidences the rock edicts which were now particularly uh, translated well because of the technology archaeologists possess now and historians possess now so uh, they discovered that not actually he fought kaling war before converting to buddhism he converted uh, during the 12th year of his reign if i'm not wrong and kalinga yes. war was fought in 16th year of his reign yes of course yeah four years after converting to buddhism so it is the narrative is quite wrong about him and uh, the particular evidences about this are uh, uh, the uh, rock edicts which were made by him in the in prominent places like afghanistan pakistan bombay gujarat the prominent ports and uh, trade hubs the, these were like yes. the announcements by king so he got like a pr exercise he, yeah old pr exercise he had a great pr by the way that's why we are calling him ashoka the great okay so okay wh- like how, why why do we name rock addicts okay so why do okay not about rock addicts i'm going to talk yeah, yeah. about the placement of the rock addicts so yeah. if ashoka was really remorseful for what happened in kalinga and the war he would have expressed his remorse to the people living in kalimba the tribals and the other uh, race yeah, the, for- the, the forest people as referred by him yes. it is so uh, yeah, yeah, but all know. these rock addicts and everything they were placed in far away places like gujarat and pakistan and afghanistan and all these places which were nowhere close and nowhere in access to people of kalika so when looking yeah, actually, into this uh, the rock- in the sri lankan records which were written in pali the uh, records about ashoka uh, sri, the monks uh, sri lankan monks which had uh, written uh, about him it is said that rock edict from there were series of 14 rock edicts that were placed at the time after the war and there was uh, the rock edict number 11 12 and 13 were missing like archaeologists never found them and one rock edict which was the 14th rock edict which was uh, in kaling it wasn't exactly an apology because if you go through the first 9 or 10 rock edicts which were placed in bombay gujarat and major cities it is more like the king is apologizing for the carnage caused the loss happened and that but in the 14th the particular rock edict which was as kalinga which is now partic- which is now be- well translated by the historians he said exactly that folk uh, the forest people should be thankful that uh, they are at the mercy of king i think i might be exaggerating this but uh, he was not the uh, the message was not exactly an apology so it was more of a threat that the, this time he is not uh, he is like leaving you Uh, he's like leaving you and uh, at his mercy and if you commit any crime you might face consequences in that right yes yes so 
can we we can see that there is no remorse whatsoever that is being portrayed ashoka felt for the kalinga war yeah and this is after he converted to buddhism because we know that he was a buddhist from the past 4 years during the war yeah yes and uh, mainly uh, ashoka can't be called a religiously secular or a harmonious person because of the actions he did despite being a buddhist there is a story that goes that he tried to destroy the bodhi tree uh, and uh, gather some relics which were stored by the buddha de- but uh, he eventually didn't do that but uh, i'm not sure if it's true or not but it is there in some accounts it might be mistranslated but it's a information that's out it's my job to put it out right yes so yeah so also like to... also many okay what? yeah yeah you can okay so we have many evidences for the uh, many riots that happened after his rule and which were also caused due to the announcements made by him like the uh, riot caused in west bengal it was like yeah. uh, ashoka announced that for one beheaded jain he would award yeah, the uh, story of a painter yes right. for one beheaded jain no no about the painter i'll come later it's about the riot so he announced that for one beheaded jain he would uh, reward a silver coin and no, because was, of uh, he was particularly against the jains because of how people portrayed that buddha was a follower of mahavir jain and uh, yes. uh, and uh, he also got a painter beheaded because of that he got his hands cut he got his hands cut yes. because yes, it only because the painter bowing uh, to mahavir jain yes so after all these happened like and in that riot that, that riot. he caused because of its announcement he his lost his brother, brother with the yeah, shock with yeah. the only step brother that was living because no yes. one considered him uh, like worthy enough worthy for the enough. throne so he, he was yeah. not as much as a threat to a shock like uh, like his other brothers right and that also because of misunderstanding like yeah. he was not really a jain but he was killed in the riot and that that somehow hmm. caused ashoka's ashoka to feel remorseful for his actions and he backed out from his announcement yeah exactly uh, like after this it is said that ashoka became quite disinterested in his life and the downfall of mauryan empire started because uh, yes. ashoka's great grandson was last uh, last or second last ruler of the mauryan empire and it didn't last long after that right yeah. Yeah. also about the kalinga war it was not exactly a war like how it's been portrayed because if you go through the uh, if you go through the text about uh, the dynasties that were there before the mauryas nandas were there which actually had captured the kaling before so it is not uh, not quite you know not quite understandable that after maurya came into power that kalinga was backed out because it maurya's mauryans had a capital patliputra which is present day patna which is quite near to the kalinga which is present day odisha and the prominent port by, which was uh, used by mauryans was also near the kolkata so it's quite near the kalinga so it's not possible that uh, uh, the whole place is surrounded by the mauryan empire and still mauryans didn't conquest it so it is all, yes, so always it can be it can happen so that kalinga was more like a vassal a vassal is like a, a yeah, land a... being held by a, a land being uh, like uh, overlooked by like controlled by the ruler of yeah a... it was evidently part of mauryan empire 
but there wasn't much kind of interference you can say or like it is also said that after ashoka came into power that uh, the forest people or the kalinga people they started to disobey ashok that was the kind of uh, you know main reasons for revolt actually not the war yes. as it is stated mm. so it's kind of the main reasons for revolt and the reason that ashoka uh, started a war on kaling we said yeah so coming to the uh, later years of ashoka's life so you want to talk about that yeah so when the modern empire with ashoka started to befall and disintegrate so many parts in the south were being conquered by new rulers like the cholas and so all these new empires were rising and ashoka's health was also degrading so once mm-hmm. what happened there's a story that uh, ashoka's wife at that time tishya rakshita which we talked about so uh, ashoka fell really ill at that point and he he granted his wife he granted his wife the right to, to rule for a week yes yeah and in that time his wife he she was in love with a prince a crown prince called kunala and in that time when she asked kunala like proposed him and he rejected her so she was like to crack him mera pyar mera intikab dekhegi <laughs> so she ordered she ordered to burn kunala's eyes in front of the palace in front of the whole like the whole assembly and when ashoka came to know about this he was really enraged and after that he took some steps after that when he came into power there were revolts already happening due to his actions and due to his uh, many announcements in the in his provinces yeah. in other places and so the modern empire started to disintegrate in his rule which is mostly portrayed that after ashoka's death more as yeah, more empire, empire fell quite easily yes yeah exactly exactly like ashoka wasn't uh, that great of a king after all he was a brutal religiously uh, fascist guy you can say yes like uh, like the stories about him how he got 500 uh, brahmins devoured and uh, he got he got them converted like these are just yes. these are the facts written more. yeah these are just facts written about him in the uh, devya Vad, uh, devya vandana and ashok vadana these are the books written by the sri lankan scholars right so it was a good travelers that who came to india how, yeah chinese travelers and sri lankan travel- scholars hmm. who came to india also it, uh, it is said that he was a great patronage of buddhism like not in the right way but uh, he he had a uh, he had got all the brahmins in his court replaced by buddhist monks after conversion and he totally overlooked them and uh, also his reckless donations to the sangh which was formed by buddhist monks were irritated quite irritating to the brahmins because earlier they used to have a life in the court and and like they, they lived lavishly <laughs> but after his conversion they were totally overlooked and also he banned quite a large amount of hindu yajnas and religious ceremonies right yeah also he can it can be said that he can be credited for the rise of buddhism as a religion in india because of his practices and because of yeah, mostly, his mostly uh, uh, mostly because uh, his uh, son and daughter mahendra yes. and uh, sangamitra yeah sangamitra they went out uh, to preach buddhism like in in places like indonesia sri lanka china which are now prominently uh, uh, like not indonesia buddhist. but Ch- china and sri lanka prominently buddhist states right yes. they have a large amount of buddhism uh, there and 
it was quite uh, propagated from time back of a shoka like 2200 yeah. years ago 2200 years ago the buddhism started propagating there and it's still there so the impact was quite strong right? but it was not in the right way yeah that is not the definitely right to... definitely not the right way to impose the religion on yes so finally uh, after reviewing and going through the life of ashoka one thing that we can certainly conclude is that the history which is portrayed to us is is not exactly facts right yes. not not the not right way the, it, it, history is what we can say that history is not what we know history is what they tell us yeah yeah it is always said that history is written by the winners of war you yeah. never get to know the other side unless yeah. th- there is a particular uh, record stating about it but yeah so ma- many of these records like even in the takshila university which was burned by the mughal rulers how much of our knowledge and our records got lost right we have no idea about that yeah we have no idea about uh, particularly daily lives of rulers like ashoka which are now portrayed as great kings when we yeah, apparently there are many look tv shows like yeah. samrat ashok and everything yeah, glorifying and, the ruler yeah and you you must remember like uh, you know when we were kids like in 10 11 12 cartoons used to come about ashok like portraying him as a glorified warrior who has some sort of power and magic and yeah. like he uh, how he adopted buddhism and go, he went, he just went on to become a great person like that so it is just a so, matter of fact okay, that you were saying it is just a matter of fact that uh, that history is not always portrayed in truth and whatever i see today in the news or in the media i don't ever believe that that's our history because i don't know man the narrative is quite polarized today like people want to see particular things and media houses will show them that particular thing right yes it's really manipulative nowadays yeah so so i guess that will be wrapping up our, that i'll be wrapping up our podcast Actually, i now. want to say one thing yeah yeah sure why why ashoka was the face that we needed like when the government mm. of india was forming up after independence so nehru needed a face for india that would represent the yeah yeah principles we can, that we yeah we can see that even after rulers like chandragupta maurya who were way more uh, then that then what they are portrayed to be and unlike ashoka whose life account state that how they lived and how they propagated their thoughts yes. and still, so when the nehruvian government was forming they had to choose between two pol- two practices the ashokan policies and the kautilyan policies kautilyan means the chanakya yeah, chanakya the, policy that yeah. policy so they chose the ashokan policies because they were easy to adopt they were easy to comprehend the kautilyan policies that, were, uh, you know like in the time of chaos which was there india needed uh, what nehruvian government needed was a republican face which was imp- yes. which would impose something on the people and they would be obliged to follow it so that chaos can settle but from yes. that time we are still following that following these things which are not even half true that's the sad truth so i guess that will wait and the main point of our podcast was not to say that ashoka was a bad king or a great king that's for everyone to judge whom they think is a great ruler or a bad ruler we just br- bring out the facts that we got to know we are not trying to promote any promote any propaganda or something yeah that that's true we just bringing out the facts which we got to know about it 
and also these are not uh, anything that uh, like you would have to go on researching for like hours and hours and find there are many articles about him and there are prominent books written by uh, good authors who have a Sanjeev unbiased Sanyal. view sanjeev sanyal charles allen these are some historians and uh, authors which portray history in a like unbiased way yes there are many historians that also glorify the ruler like romila thapar we all know about her yeah so not getting into the feuds between historians i'll yes. wrap up this podcast and thank you for listening if you have uh, been listening us this long it would be great if you follow the podcast and like it and also check out my instagram for art digital art and mental health updates which i post on the at the rate the white dot panda and also follow my friend siddharth shekar and i'll be listing the siddharth uh, siddharth's instagram handle in my post so you can check it out so thank you bye thank you.